Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door, just like a Murillo Crossfield ball. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win? Only via the app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery free in terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hello and welcome to the penultimate preview edition of Red Side of the Trent as we cover our last home game of the season ahead of game week 37, which is at home to Arsenal, who have been leading for the majority. I nearly said leaders Arsenal them, and obviously them swiftly realised. Sorry about that. But um, yeah, obviously they've been leading the way for much of the season. And with us, we have uh, well, my friend, uh, a good friend of mine in Alex Burns, who's been attending, who's been to pretty much nearly every game this season. Burns, he's been... Um, I mean, obviously, thank you for coming on. Much appreciated. I'm guessing, obviously, from your perspective, in terms of, you know, as a match-going Arsenal fan, I know it's maybe not ended in the way that you'd hoped it would. But has it been, obviously, in terms of, you know, has it been one of your best experiences watching Arsenal this season? Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah, great to be on, guys. Um, thanks for having me. Um, yeah, it has, I suppose, in comparison to the last couple of seasons, it, it, you know, it has been good and it's been a lot better than people expected it to be. I mean, you're talking about not finishing in the top four at the beginning of the season and to to run possibly one of the greatest teams ever, close possibly, um, as close as we have is, you know, is really good. On one hand, obviously, it's very disappointing that if we've got this far and not not been able to, to capitalise on it. But yeah, overall, I think you, once, once, once the anger from certain games like Sunday dies down, you have to just, you know, take a look at it from what it is and say, well, you know, even though we've not been playing in Europe, um, you know, like Man City have or, or other teams have gone far in the competitions, you have to look at it rationally and say, well, we're probably only three years into a five or six year process. And yeah, it's been a, been a very good season overall. Alex, would you say, I don't like this term bottle job, but obviously it does go around and I think it's more of a, a prodding stick of a term rather than, than than actually what it is. So there's obviously some people that have said Arsenal have bottled it because you was eight points clear. Do you see it as a bottle job or do you see it as you've come against the Man City team that are at the moment completely relentless? I mean, I think they've won the last 12 games in a row in the Premier League. That is just 
like it's unheard of. I mean, when I think I heard someone on Talksport ask someone another, another Arsenal fan of when the last time they may have done that, and I don't think I could even tell you. And I'm a massive football fan, to be honest. Yeah, I, I mean, it's quite it is a loose term, as you said, and it's usually people who are using it as a stick to prod. But I think I think we have because the games that we you know we did it in were you know being tuned up at Anfield and sort of didn't know how to handle that because we hadn't we hadn't even scored a goal there for for you know or two goals in a game there for for years maybe like 10 11 years um and but that game and the game at West Ham we were tuning up and looked like we could score five and then nearly lost the game in the end and probably should have done Southampton at home Southampton away Everton away you know those games are the games that we actually lost it in not losing at Man City even though they absolutely battered us on the day and obviously Sunday game against Brighton as well but it was almost the title would probably already you know gone then but those like sort of five six games that I said are the games that we've probably cost it in and haven't been you know tuning up in back to back away matches and not gone on to win is probably the reason why we haven't you know haven't been able to see it out to be honest so yeah I, I would say personally it, it on what it's 50 50 as to whether we bottled it because you look at those games and you, you think we have but when you look at it rationally, you go, okay, well, we were up against Manchester City, who, have, who are always capable of doing, you know, a 14, 15 game winning run, which is obviously incredible. But yeah. Yeah, he's pretty staggering. I mean, I, I think, like I said to you after the Brighton game, when you had your little wobble, shall we say, um, <laughs> regarding the certain Brighton number zero that you were pining for at one point. But, um, you know, I mean, for Arsenal to win the league this season, even with City, you know, Taking time to adapt to Haaland and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera, and taking time to you know obviously because you have to remember they nearly swept all before them last season without playing a striker to change their system as well. And you know for Arsenal to win the league this season, they needed to get ninety five points, and that's just ridiculous. I mean, but I mean one thing that like did sort of strike me is that um, the teams Arsenal have come unstuck against generally tend to play a very similar way. I mean, um, obviously you said you know, Liverpool obviously pressed very aggressively from the front. Uh, Southampton pressed very aggressively from the front or at least tried to um, before they went to Liverpool. <laughs> but obviously they took you know, they took two points off Arsenal this season. Uh, Brighton pressed very aggressively from the front and obviously, of course, City, we know that there's relentless. So would you say that is maybe you know something that is a potential weakness for Arsenal, you know, if, if teams get in their faces higher up the pitch and sort of force them into errors early rather than let them have the ball and then try and sort of orchestrate a press too late. Yeah, it's it's a weird one because earlier in the season, I think we had uh, we had some teams who would think maybe if it, it would have been around the time we played you at home that we had this weird struggle where we couldn't actually break teams down. And that was, it was like, well, if you can double up on Saka and Martinelli as such and stop Odegaard getting on the ball, then that was the way to stop them. Whereas it's kind of weird how it's, you know, transcended now. Whereas Brighton were sensational at the weekend. They, like everything, even their back three were just so aggressive on the press, like you said. And that has obviously been where everyone, a team, someone's done it, maybe Liverpool and West Ham, and other teams have sat up and gone, yeah. Well, this is this could be a way to get at Arsenal and beat them, let them or, or, as opposed to like just holding out for a point or whatever. But yeah, I would say certainly, especially since losing Saliba, I don't want to like particularly blame all the trouble on that we've had since on one player. But you know, the build-up things that he offers, you know, aerial ability, just the composure he has is so different to what we've got behind him, which is an issue. And obviously, at the time, 
we didn't think it would be a long-term injury. But, you know, stuff like that, losing, you know, one of our best players this season, it, you know, it has had a knock-on effect. So people have obviously looked at Rob Holding, for example, or even Kivior's come in and done okay. You know, if we can press those guys along with Gabriel, who's not, you know, doesn't, on the eye, doesn't look like Saliba or whoever, or like a world-class centre defender on the ball, even though he is quite good. They've looked at that and gone, yeah, well, OK, well, we can get at them. And obviously, it's bared through. I mean, Aaron Ramsdale likes to give the ball away as well, <laughs> I've found yeah, watching definitely. him. But the, the the one thing I noticed, and, and this is probably something where that you could probably answer, maybe it's probably probably going to be a long-winded answer for you, obviously, but to, in order to catch City, what, what do you think you need to do maybe next season in the summer? Because obviously, you're guaranteed second now, if, if anything. But I'd like to look at like top goal scorers and, and some other statistics. And obviously Haaland is like miles in front of everyone, but their next top scorer is only on 10 goals in Phil Foden this season. Whereas Arsenal have got Erdegaard and Martinelli on 15. I think Saka's on between 12 and 15. And Jesus, who's missed a large chunk of the season, is on 10. So it's not like you struggle for goals, especially from different areas of the pitch. But what, what do you think it is that maybe separates yourselves and, and City? Is it depth or is it just simply consistency? Because you've got a young team. You've, I think you've got the youngest team on average in the league. Am I, am I right? Yeah, yeah, that's correct, I think. Um, yeah, you're right. It's a weird one. I mean, it's easy to say that it's depth because, you know, on, on face value it is because of who the players that they can bring in when someone's not playing. You know, you look at Bernardo and Mares and Phil Foden and, you know, Gundogan can play there and Rodri's been unbelievable and since Cancelo's left, obviously Grealish has come in as well and done and obviously gone on to be be, you know, probably better than people thought he would have been at the beginning of the season. Even Julian Alvarez, it's like his guys are playing he's playing in the ten at times. But it is probably a, a mixture of depth and, you know, being young as a team, you know, the mentality we didn't we sort of didn't really know what to do. The experience comes into it. I mean, to get close to them, it's going to be, you know, how, like, how do you answer that question? And I mean, everyone, I mean, Man United will look at it, Chelsea as well, um, Newcastle will probably get better as well. So it's not going to be just a case of trying to get near Man City. It'll be get, trying to be a case of, well, we've got to stay with these teams who might spend more than we do this summer. Um, but yeah, it's such a, that is a long-winded question. But yeah, I, I mean, on, on short, I would say it's a mixture of probably depth, experience, um, and you know, we when we lost our best players, we crumbled. Whereas the, when they do it, or if when if they do it, they've got someone obviously maybe not as good, but have the ability to play the role the same way that that player might have. It's yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I thought, like, all things considered, for how it went, I thought January actually turned out to be a pretty decent recruiting month for Arsenal. I mean, obviously, you think about it. I know obviously that the you know, the, the rumored targets were obviously Caicedo from Brighton and obviously they were willing to budge on that which is obviously their right and it looks like it's going to bear fruit with European place at stake and obviously Bikaya Mudrick who well Chelsea just decided to do Chelsea things and uh, <laughs> signing for an outrageous sum of money but I mean this asked the smart thing obviously by bringing in Trossard and Jorginho two experienced players obviously in Jorginho's case someone who's won things at you know, the highest level how do you think both of those two have I think Trossard's like He's like what, fourth or fifth, I think, in the assists for like in terms of like the assist charts, and most of those have come since he's been at the club in January. Mm. Yeah, it's a weird one because Trossard, when he came in, was was superb. There was, I mean, a lot of the, a lot of the games that he played where 
we were actually, you know, when he, he was had high numbers was when Jesus wasn't playing. Obviously, when it came to when he came back, you know, Jesus wasn't going to be a player that we were going to put on the bench. So it was a case of, well, where do you put this guy? Do you put him on the left? Because when he came on for Martinelli on, on, on Sunday, you know, he did he really did a thing, to be honest, and probably more credit to Kai Sado playing in that position because he was sensational. But in terms of the recruitment, the recruitment was very good, I think, because we basically looked and gone, well, well you can spend £70 million on Kai Sado or Madrid, or you can buy Trossard for 20 Jorginho for 10 and Kivior for 20 which, as a depth, we didn't obviously, we didn't know we were going to go out of the Europa League. But with that in mind, and potentially the Cups as well, it was like, well, it, it was a bit more astute to do it that way. Obviously, it hasn't turned out that way, but you know, if you throw seventy million at Mudrick or Caicedo in January, and it's and you know one of them gets injured, you're going to be look, looking at it like, well, we're back at square one again. So, yeah, I think we we did play, we did do it well, but you know, overall, we just sort of with Trossard and stuff, we didn't really know where to fit them in in the end. Um, considering now we're playing one game a week and have been for like the last two months. I I was just going to ask you about um, Mikel Arteta, Alex, because obviously it was well documented, I think, during maybe the All or Nothing season that Arsenal fans were very, I don't know if the, I don't know if the right word is split or if it was a majority of wanted him out, but he seems to have made a sensational turnaround. What what has Arteta done to to do that and get the fans on board or uh, and and what, which side did you kind of lean to before, before obviously, where you might lie now in terms of what you think about him? Yeah, I mean, I, I would say that I've, there's been points, not even last season, but sort of in December 2020 when probably one game away from the sack. Um, you know, it's it's bizarre what happened, you know, after considering how last season, I think it was a year ago today, we, we lost it at Newcastle. Um, and after that moment, I was thinking, oh, I don't, I don't, I don't see where where he can go from this to take us forward anymore. Recruitment was outstanding beyond words. Like I just think all of those players instantly improved us, even like Zinchenko, Jesus, and Saliba. Um, and th- and then he he has this connection with the fans, and he wanted to improve the atmosphere. And I think the fact that he he's obviously played for the club, he was a club captain. He's pretty well documented that he loves the club. It sort of felt like after that he's one of us, and you know, I think everyone's just got on board with it this season. Like the Emirates this season has possibly been the best I've ever seen it, you know, and certain games as well. Like people talk about this over celebration. I saw Gary Neville talking about it last night again um, for the tenth time this season, um, and it's like those moments are have been created from from the sort of culture that he has created, like the games against Bournemouth, Man United, last minute winners. So stuff like that is what people can really get on board with. So I think, you know, it's, it's multiple things, really. It's sort of changed the culture of the club, but also, you know, he has now, he is now getting the results that everyone sort of wanted. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage of McDelivery. You win? 
Order now on McDonald's app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery free in terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. No, it's interesting. I mean, I remember, like, late goals do seem to be quite a recurring thing for us this season. I think, was it, was it, um, was it Fulham or Leicester? I think, was a, I think it was Fulham, was it? That's the one that Richard Keyes exploded at. Obviously, Southampton yeah. getting, yeah. getting, getting two in the last seven, eight minutes to salvage a draw. Like, it has seemed that, you know, Arsenal has definitely been quite busy towards the end of games, which doesn't really bode well for us as far as fans, considering that I think we're the league highest for goals conceded from 75 minutes onwards. So that's certainly something to uh, look out for <laughs> at the weekend. But I mean, obviously, um, going back to like Arteta and, Ars- and like, um, obviously the Emirates, and obviously like the Ashburton Army's come along links and bounds this season, which, you know, while has obviously like prompted some sorts of like cynicism and ridicule in some areas, ultimately it has improved the atmosphere. I mean, like, as you said, like, even when you're not even there, you're watching it on TV, the Emirates actually seems somewhat loud, which, you know, mm. as silly as that sounds, it hasn't always been the case. Bear in mind, you know, Arsenal's sort of relative struggles. But just going back to, obviously, Arteta, I mean, one thing I've noticed with him is that, like, whenever bad results come, they sort of come in clumps. And, like, like two, three games on the spin, and it's obviously happened this season, it obviously happened last season in you know, disastrous fashion with the top four race obviously there was it was it was Saints Palace mm. someone else and then that happened again with Newcastle at the end. I mean mm. um is that just was that manager naivety? Do you think that's lack of experience maybe? What do you think that's causing that? Because I mean it's similar to the European record really. For it to happen once or twice you can sort of half let it slide. But when yeah. it keeps happening, like what what do you attribute that to? Yeah, it's a weird one. I mean I mean it's it, I mean, the games against Liverpool and West Ham were weird because we were tuning up. Oh, we were nearly tuning up at half time at Anfield, and maybe that would have been different if we were. But we were tuning up at West Ham inside nine minutes, and it was like I, I, I felt like I've noticed something where we sort of, when we score a goal, especially away against maybe Liverpool, whoever, whoever it is, in in a, you know Goodison Park or Ellen Road, a hostile environment, we we sort of don't we don't really kick on as much like sometimes we do like we've had really good like Fulham it was that was we were very good there and obviously that was a comfortable win but there's sometimes where we may, we may go a goal up and, and just try and hold it or, or sit on it for example Leeds away we probably should have lost that game I think Saka scored in the first half maybe minute 30 or something and then we just sort of sat on it and didn't look like scoring again so that in terms of bad results I think coming in clumps it's because you know maybe we don't it is probably an experience but not just on him the team as well like it, it, I mean I wouldn't be surprised after how bad the game was on Sunday if you know we're basically on the beach as you like to say Chris quite a lot um, about you know about this game so it's yeah I think it's it's many things and the European record as well it, hopefully you'd like to think it will come with experience a lot of the teams that we've actually gone out to aren't you know, world beaters as such. So the playing in the Champions League is going to be a bit of an eye opener, possibly. But we'll see. I hope you're on the beach because Christians <laughs> uh, made it uh, clear in our group chat that Arsenal will be out for for vengeance and because of their wounds being uh, wide open and and obviously the disappointment. But having seen Martin Odegaard's disappointment in his interview, it seems like the the mood in the camp is is pretty low. But I can't yeah. imagine. Mikel Arteta wanting to end the away the away season, obviously, in in that in that kind of fashion, because I think he'll be thinking, well, we owe it to the supporters who have been up and down all season to to go out and give him a give him a performance, and that that that's the only thing that worries me, and because obviously we we're still. 
though we though we need to sort ourselves, we can only take care of ourselves. There are obviously still going to be that eye on on other teams to help us out in in terms of hoping they they lose and that. But and we can't trust we can't trust Spurs for fuck's sake, and we can't trust West Ham. So you know, um, what do you expect from from the game when you come to Forest? Because obviously, I think if you, you you're naive, if you're an Arsenal fan, you don't think the atmosphere is going to be absolutely ridiculous. I mean, on one hand, I said to you, Chris, about um, Arsenal playing without pressure is 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 quite quite a prospect for us. Obviously, for you, maybe not so. Yeah, but it could work both ways. It's like, well, you can look at it playing out playing without pressure, or you can look at it as being on the beach. It depends. But it's, and I take back to when we lost at Newcastle last year. We went and beat a really poor Everton side. I would say five one, and we could have been like nine or ten. But it's like it's that type of atmosphere where it's like end of season. We've got what we've probably better than what we wanted and finished in second now. Um obviously at the beginning of the season. Um so I mean I I can't really call it because I really don't I don't know whether we're going to get the team that plays without pressure and could win five or six or the team that is on the beach. We haven't really played like this, you know, being on the beach. Usually we could you know last season we were in top four race until the last game, etc. So I mean, yeah, I I would say considering it's your last home game, there's probably there's a lot more on the line for you. And after last night's result as well with Leicester, I think even a point could probably be a good result for you, would you say? Yeah, definitely. I mean, because the, 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 the thing about being on the beach is obviously you guys are kind of, you, you, no one can catch you. I mean, you're still mathematically not out of it because you'd, you'd need massive favours from other teams. Yeah. The way I the way yeah. I would look at it is if like, if you're going to go on your jollies and uh, after the season's finished and you've got a Forest team that are like fighting for their lives, our, play, our players going to put in that are they going to go full full throttle for a 50-50 or a header or put their body on the line? And for me, I'm I'm not sure, but as professional footballers, you'd think they would. Yeah, yeah. It's a, I mean, you I mean, you're right. I don't Arteta would definitely won't be thinking that, you know, we should be well, I know they won't throw the game, but they won't be thinking, oh, we've got it's a free hit. We haven't we've achieved what we want. We aren't probably aren't going to get any higher. We definitely aren't going to get any lower. So it it it's, it, he won't think like that, but obviously he can't control how the players think. And considering how bad we were at your place last season, I think we probably need to get a result. To be honest, I was going to say. I mean, I mean, obviously you were there as well. You can't be any worse than last year. I mean, um, what's it? I mean, how did you find that experience? I mean, that was bizarre. I mean, watching that as a fan was very. I mean, it, when it seemed like, obviously, it felt like that was the start of something pretty special with Forest, obviously from our perspective last season like that was probably one of the, I mean um, obviously we had a, a few instances last season where people really started to believe but um, we asked like end of the season like you know what was yours and most, some people did say that game against Arsenal with a cup where if, or, oh actually no Forest could actually do something and um, you know, it, was, it was just weird I mean I know holding played and you know he's not, we all know his limitations as a footballer but to not have a shot on target was quite you know that's, that's quite bad um, and obviously, you know, Arteta obviously <laughs> took it upon himself to change that in the home game, which obviously won five nil. But I mean, as a fan, I mean, how did you find the city ground last year? And what are you sort of expecting? Because I know you're going this weekend as well. What are you sort of expecting? Are you expecting anything different this time around? Or it's a weird, it's a weird because there's actually 
it, it's on. I mean, the I think I feel like the cut atmosphere gave it something else. Maybe I'm, but I'm not expecting this week. I don't really know how to expect it because I've not been obviously not in the Forest. I haven't played in the Premier League since you know when I was around one or two years old. So I haven't been before in a league setting. But obviously, I do agree with what you're saying about Forest last season. It was a cup atmosphere. There was a lot. I wouldn't say there's a lot more on the line, but you know, being a home game, you know. Brennan Johnson, etc., just were just on all of our on players like T- Hook Tavares after thirty minutes. Obviously, that was well documented in the documentary as well. Um, but in the team, we had like people like Charlie Patino and Ketia. It was a bit, and I think it was just after when we had a bit. There was the debacle around COVID and stuff because we had a couple of players or one player, as some people like to think, um, were, were obviously unfit and we just come off the back of the Aubameyang situation. Although, I mean, the atmosphere was raw, as I would say. Even from an away fan that day, probably one of my favourite grounds, along with Portsmouth, as from an atmosphere and a ground point of view in the country. So, I mean, I'm not really sure what to expect this weekend in terms of atmosphere, whether it's going to be the same or whether it was just one of those places that, you know, you know, certain games will be like, oh, it's Arsenal. So the atmosphere is just going to be naturally better. Yeah, I'm not really sure what to expect, to be honest. I think if it's anything to go off last Monday, and I think Christian will be in... in agreement with me that if we had a roof it would have come off um because because i think every fan just knows how important it is to get behind the side at the moment and i mean i thought the the playoffs against sheffield united couldn't be beat but last monday was was ridiculous and i expect it to be even better on monday pure uh, on monday on saturday sorry because i mean if if i think if if Leeds fail to win i think is it everton play on saturday at 3 p.m. i think if they fail to win and we and we win, we're we're safe. So like that. Why? No, I think it still depends on Leeds. I think. Well, no, no. So Everton won't be able to catch us. So with one game no, to go, Leeds still might. If that doesn't matter, that wouldn't matter. Mathematically, suppose, it, wouldn't yeah, yeah. it wouldn't matter. So yeah, okay. that, we'd be safe if if if, Ever- if Everton failed to to win and we we win, we we stay up. So that's like so much more riding on it in terms of like if we mm. get a win in front of our supporters. Then, then we can go to Palace and have a fag on, and it'll be great. So, I think, um, yeah. yeah, I think it will be. I mean, I, yeah, it will be hostile. Hopefully, I think is is hopefully the correct term, but in a in a nicer way than you when you when you went probably to Red Star Belgrade or or whatever. So. Yeah, I mean it's gonna be uh it's gonna be a great game to be fair. I mean, I'm I I, do, I really want you guys to stay up. Obviously, I can't can't say that I want us to lose um, but I, I do think you've probably put yourself in the strongest possible position especially with the point at Chelsea and you played very well as well and like you said I watched that game against Southampton and it was, it was you know raucous from even from on the TV so um, it, it, there's no reason why it won't be again and obviously maybe they'll still look at the Arsenal situation you know in, on the hand at the well they can't really probably not going to get any higher and definitely aren't going to get any lower and go okay well We've got a massive, massive chance here, and certainly a bigger one than Leeds or Everton. Let's hope you're right. I mean, from our perspective, I mean, what concerns me is that I, I said this in our in our last pop as well was that the way you went to Newcastle and shut that down very quickly. I mean, I know obviously you can say that Murphy hit the post and that Ramsdale made a number of brilliant saves to keep you in the game, or at least keep the score competitive. I know there was a huge element of fortune as well with the second goal, but I mean that was a sort of steal and determination that we haven't really been associated with Arsenal for probably a good 20 years in that, you know, they went to a hostile atmosphere. They went to a place where there was a lot riding on it against a team flying in the league and just completely 
took control of the situation. I mean, where do you think that sort of come from, and sort of like how do you think Arsenal improve on that from? Yeah, it's, it is a weird one. I mean, I, I personally thought, I think, who did we play before? I think we played Chelsea at home on the Tuesday night just before. Um, and we made it look, I mean, they were horrendous. So it was like, well, how, how are we going to go into this game? Because they were so bad and it wasn't really much of a test. Obviously, Newcastle away, I don't think we've won there with fans for for a good number of years. I think it was 2019, the last one. Obviously, certainly under the in the new era, this was the second visit. And obviously, how well they're doing, etc., and how how bullied we were last season. It was like, wow, even though they had a lot of chances. But uh, Jorginho and Zinchenko and Odegaard, I think, as a three, were probably like, well, these are the most experienced players on the pitch, even, you know, leaders as such, and sort of shut that, like you said, shut it down pretty quickly. And, you know, overall, probably deserved it, even though Newcastle had a few chances. It was one of those games that was like, Fucking hell, Arsenal can really, you know, get are, are a serious team if they can come here and shut that down. I know this is probably a difficult question to answer, Alex, because you don't know what the situation of the dressing room is and, and everything else. But I know Martinelli went off injured and he was seen with a boot on at the end of the game. But what sort of side would you expect Arsenal to put out and and who should... Well, I, I, I don't really need to ask you who should Forest worry about. This bloody, it's bloody obvious, and it? it's about there's there's the front four are scary. So, yeah, I I don't think he'll, he's not really a guy. I don't think to make massive loads of changes like even for Chelsea or a couple of games recently, it's just been taking you know he took a holding out and put Kivior in etc. And party for Jorginho. I, I think probably party may come back in. Uh, Trossard will probably play on the left. Um, I, I think I saw a video of the club doctor talking to someone out out the car window. I know it's not the best source in the world, but he said that he'd probably play again this season. So it may be worse on face value than it actually is. Um, but yeah, I would probably say Trossard will probably come in. Party maybe, um, and maybe even Holding or someone like that. But yeah, I I, I can't see it. It'll be just a case of. Well, we need to put in Ketia and Nelson, uh, Smith Rowe, and all that. It won't be like that, I don't think. Do you reckon um, Zinchenko will play? Oh, so I know he played last time because Zinchenko was a doubt, but do you reckon he'll be fit enough to play mm. on Saturday? Because I know he makes a big difference to Arsenal before. Mm. Uh, yeah, well, it's a, it's a weird one because I think David Ornstein came out last week just before, before the weekend and said that him and Saliba were, were, were out for the season. And he was pictured in training the next day. I think I've seen as well that he actually arrived with the team on Sunday, but failed fitness test. So it may just be, it'll probably be a case of just playing it by ear. And I think Arteta's pretty, he's very like wing Wenger in that way that he'll probably hide it from the media. And, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if he starts, but, you know, I, 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 I would probably say that Tierney will, because I don't think, I don't think he'll be a guy to just risk him just for the sake of it. No, that's, that'll be an interesting flashpoint now because I mean, um, obviously, Tierney came on obviously last time he should know for Tavares, but um, yeah. obviously we know we know how important Zinchenko is to that Arsenal side. I mean, he's dramatically changed it, but it's very different to the Arsenal team that came last time in the league fixture. I know you were only like one or two, as you said, but the last so the last time Forest played Arsenal in the Premier League uh, was in January nineteen ninety nine. It was a one nil win for the visitors with Martin Keown scoring. Um, who would know that? X years later, 23, 24 years later, he'd be like absolutely blowing his lid on talk sport that somehow you know, Martin Tyler was to blame for Arsenal losing that game at Brighton. But who, hey ho. But um, my question to you, Adam, is sorry, Alex, is can you name me the Arsenal team on that day? Um, 
I can't. Well, I, I can try. I can try. Have a few stabs. Do what you think. Uh, I reckon. There are a lot of defenders. There are a lot Keown, of defenders. Adams. Win- yeah, uh, so Keown, Winterburn, a lot of Adams all played. It, it, was, it looks like a five at the back, if I can give you any help. Um, I, I'll go Manning and Gold, Lee Dixon, Winterburn, yeah. Keown, Adams. Yeah. Uh, then it would be, be Ray Parler, Petit, yeah. mm-hmm. Vieira? No Vieira. No Vieira. Overmars and Anelka. Overmars and Anelka played. You're missing, missing two. A, a, yeah, I'll give you a clue. One of them didn't like airborne travel much. And first um, camp. <laughs> yeah. And one of them was one of Aston Villa's first ever managers. Oh, as Remy, got... Remy Gard is correct. Yeah, so Remy Gard and Bergkamp, wow. the others. And uh, Nelson Vivas and a certain Matthew Upson came on for Arsenal that day. And the Forest team, wow. those, are, those who are running was Dave Besson in goal, Des Little, uh, like Craig Armstrong, Alan Rogers, John Alafielda, uh, Andy Johnson, Chris Bart Williams, Thierry Bonlair, Scott Gemmel, Pierre Van Hoydonk, and Jean Claude Darcheville. How times change. Obviously, with Nigel Quasi wow. and Neil Shipley coming on. I mean, that team sounds fucking dire now. I think we've got better than that. <laughs> uh, how many goals did Van Hoydonk get that season? Was that his 23 or 20 goals? I'm, sure, no, I'm pretty sure he got 10 that season, but considering he was on strike for about the first four months, yeah. it's not a bad return. <laughs> but, um, That's not a bad result for you yeah. in that uh, one just, just before you zip off, though, what was your score prediction for the weekend? Uh, I'll say, I'll say. 2-1 to Arsenal, just. I think we need to bounce back. I, I, I did want to ask one one last thing as well. Obviously, I don't know how much you've watched Forest this season, so the go-to is normally Brennan Johnson and Morgan Gibbs-White because it's just like a media answer. I think that's like, they have that written yeah. on like, their hand all the time. But is do you do you fear anything from Forest other than, than, than them two? Because we've now utilised in this long throw, Alex, and I know Arsenal have PTSD of Rory Delap throw-ins, so... <laughs> Um, I'm hoping that's kind of a weapon for us. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, I did kind of envisage this question coming up, and I would say Gibbs White, even though Chris, I've given you a bit of grief about him not being, not actually being that good, but I do think it, you know, in recent sort of months as well, he's really come on like maybe for for, for someone that doesn't watch Forest vividly all the time, I would say him and Danilo as well. Yeah. I know we were linked with him, but Danilo, especially at this game against Southampton, I was really, really impressed with him. And and I do really like Renan Lodi as well. So those three, I think, especially the first two, Gibbs White and Danilo, I think together, especially the link-up that they've had and the goal that Danilo scored last week, I think just shows you know the chemistry and the quality of them two. Can can really cause and obviously Brennan Johnson and surprisingly I would say our knee as well I think I think is he on ten goals now nine or ten goals he's on nine really? I think this season I think uh, in all yeah. competitions but I think yeah. it's been very impressive considering he you know he came I think he was at Liverpool before and obviously come from Germany which doesn't have the best track record of, of players coming to this country and then you know doing well so I would say he's been very impressive as well so yeah there's a, there's a lot. Of, Looking at the lineup in front of me now, I would say, you know, people like Danilo and Lodi and Gibbs White and Johnson can really cause us problems for sure. For Forest respect, let's hope that's the case. But anyway, um, thank you very much for coming on, Alex. Really do appreciate it. No worries, guys. And uh, yeah, for those who obviously are unaware, Forest and Arsenal's at 5 30, I believe, on Saturday. I'll be live on Sky. And uh, yeah, let's hope, hopefully, get one over the line and try and stay up. Go on, your heads. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. 
Maximise your home advantage of McDelivery. You win? Order now on McDonald's app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery free in terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.